0: Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. So like I said, this is gonna be like a short intermission of chapter three. We had amazing messages these last couple of three weeks or so. Um, And so let me just recap again what James is talking to. He's talking to the church. And uh, in this particular chapter 3, he's talking about the power of the tongue and and how it can cause so much disturbance. And if we're not careful, uh, like Pastor Marco said uh, last week, uh, he said that the tongue uh, can direct can give you direction to your life, right? What you say directs your life, right? And so like a rudder in a ship, right, as James uh, illustrates, can control a large ship. So the words we speak can also control our destiny. The Bible says that there is power, right, life and death in, in the tongue, right, in our words. And so James wants to warn us that it is difficult in taming the tongue. Look what it says in James chapter 3, verse 8. It says, but no man can tame the tongue. You know, we have to be, very, we have to be uh, un- understanding of the fact that, you know, sometimes, you know, it's a slip of the tongue. You ever heard that expression, a slip of the tongue? And sometimes, oh, a slip of the tongue. And sometimes, well, why did I say that? And sometimes we, we don't understand that we have the power to restrain what we say and to filter what we say through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. We're fully responsible for every word that we speak. Did you know that? We're fully responsible. No one can put words in our mouth. You ever heard that expression? They put words in my mouth. No, no one can do that. No one can put words in our mouth. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 12 verse 36. It says, But I say to you that for every idle word that men speak, They will give account on the day of judgment. Isn't that, that's heavy. That the words that we say, we can be held accountable for them. And James is trying to talk to the church and trying to warn the church to be careful of the words that we speak. Our tongue is always revealing the thoughts that we have. Our tongue always reveals the the true thoughts in our spirit. You know, they say these Freudian slips. So even before Freud discovered this, the Bible shows us clearly in Matthew 12:34 it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we speak according to what's in our hearts. And so if we want to monitor, if we want to filter, if we want to control what we say, as we heard last week, that it's not an issue with the tongue, it's an issue with the what? The heart. Because if my heart is filled with love, I'm going to what? Speak love. And so we have to be very careful with what we say. You know, there was a saying that uh, words have weight. And they do. They have weight. They can weigh you down. They can set you back. And so, so we have to be very careful with how we use our words. You know, sometimes when we get to wrong conclusions or attitudes that we allow in our spirit, we will be, uh, they will convey, uh, excuse me, uh, in our spirit will be conveyed in our words, in our facial expression, in our tone of voice. The things that we say express and can be, or excuse me, the things that we say in our hearts, the things that we think in our hearts can be conveyed, not just with words, but the way we act with one another, the way we treat one another. The facial expressions, right? You ever seen the person just like, um, well, I know a family member of mine, when, when she's discontented uh, with anything that I say, she has this gift that she raises one eyebrow. I can't do that. But how, how many can raise an eyebrow? And like, yeah, like, so, you know, when this family member of mine is not well, does not well receive my words, the eyebrow goes up and I'm like, oh, they're not happy. So they are expressions, they are things, they are signs that we can see uh, in in, in how we conduct ourselves with one another. And even our tone of voice. uh, uh, My wife has told me in the past, and I pray that, first of all, let me say this. I am so sorry, and please forgive me if I have done this to you. So in the past, I'm a very direct person. I'm I'm a no fluff kind of guy. I'm okay, you know, maybe it's the way I was raised, but you know, just tell me what I gotta know and let me go, right? And so um, there are times that, you know, you have to speak when I have to speak to my kids or give them correction. And and so my wife will tell me, you say the right words. The words are right, but your face is like a brick wall. (laughs) It's like, you gotta work on this to match your words. But I said the right words. Doesn't that count? But it's all in the whole message. Because it's also our our tone, our facial expressions, and how we talk to one another that conveys a lot of how we feel. And so let me read this. It says, Our tongue is a daily reminder and motivation to purify our hearts. Uh, James 4 says, Purify your hearts. Uh, and there's some basic things that I want to share with you real quickly on how we can tame our hearts. So if you're a note taker, take these next six or five or six things. Um, and the first thing is, uh, in, in, in being able to tame our tongue, we have to first dedicate our hearts. Let me say that again. Before we can uh, control our tongues, we have to dedicate our hearts and our tongue to the Lord Daily. Daily. Psalm 19, verse 14 says this, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let them be in agreement with what I say and with what I do. Second thing is put our hearts in tune with God's spirit by daily reading his word. See, the way we fill our hearts with God's word is by reading it. Because when you read God's word, it enters you. It, re- it abides in you. It resides in you. It gives you a reservoir from where to speak from. You ever heard the expression, um, I have no words to say? And that's true. Sometimes there are things that you just cannot speak to. There are things that just take your, your, the, your words away. But here's the thing. When your heart is filled with the word of God... There's plenty to say. It is like a fountain in us. And the more we read the word of God, the more we take in the word of God, the more we we, we delve into the word of God, the more our heart is filled with his word so that when we have to respond, when we have to speak to someone, we don't speak from our own perspective, we speak from God's word. And how many know that God's word gives life? Amen. It says... uh, Psalm 19, 119, verse 9, verse 11 says, How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed uh, uh, according to your word? And verse 11 says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Wow. The third thing we have to do to, to help us tame our tongue is to assume responsibility for everything that we speak. Own it. You know, sometimes we say things abruptly. Sometimes we say things harshly. Sometimes we say things out of sorts. But you know what? We have to own that. We have to own what we say. And there are some times that, you know, I'll have to go to apologize to my kids or a family member. And I say, you know what? I should not have said that. You know, especially among spouses, you know, we have those discussions. You all have discussions? Oh, you all say praise the Lord. So sometimes in our house, we'll have discussions, Right? And we realize, wow, like we we didn't have to have the discussion, right? And we've learned to just say, you know what? Tell me how you feel. Tell me, let's talk about this first. But sometimes, you know, when, when we have those discussions, we have to own the words that we say because we said them. And when we take ownership, you take more inventory. I'll say that again. When you take ownership of your words, You take inventory of them. And you don't want to waste your words. You don't want to misuse your words, right? Why? Because words are precious. I'll show you. This is not in the notes, but let me show you this. Let me share this with you. Words are so powerful. The Bible says that God spoke and he created the worlds. He spoke, created the worlds. When we speak, we create life. But we also can hurt life. So let's own what we say. Matthew 12, 36 says this again. But I say unto you that every idle word that men may speak, they will have to give account to the Lord on the day of judgment. Let me share this with you. Words are free. Do you know words are free? You do not have to pay a penny for any words that you say. They are totally free. But words can cost you more than you can afford. Words are free, but they can cost you more than you can afford so we need to be careful of the words that we use and when we use them the fourth thing discover from those around us what offensive words we use you know we have to especially if you're married you have to allow your spouse to speak into your life if you have children allow your children to speak into you too when we say things out of place, it's, it should be okay for them to say to correct us. The Bible says in Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen that iron sharpens iron, right? And I think that's what we have to understand is that God wants us to help one another with our words. And that when we say things out of line, hey, how did I, so when I said that, and I'm always asking my wife, hey, I said this, how, I'm going to, I'm about to have this conversation with such and such a person, and this is what I'm thinking about saying, and she'll say, oh, no, oh, no. Rephrase that. Uh, that's too harsh. I know what you mean, but that's just too direct. And I'm like, well, how else should I say it, right? You know, and, and so it's okay to help each other with our words, it's okay for us to, to in, in, hold each other accountable for the words that we speak. Because you know what? When we speak to our spouses and our children, our family members, our co-workers, right? We may say things that they may not find offensive. One of the, especially one of the things, if you, are, if you travel a lot and you've gone to other countries, um, if you say something, a phrase in, in, in one country and it's interpreted, it, it has a totally different meaning. And you don't mean to be offensive, but it just has a different meaning. And so depending upon who you're speaking to and how you're speaking to them, it could have different meaning. It could. And so you wonder, why are they looking at me strange like that? Why did they get upset with what I said? Because to them, how they interpret it, it was offensive. And so we have to go to people and say, hey, I saw that you didn't react well when I said this. What was, what was the issue? How, did, did I offend you? What, did, what was it that I said that you didn't like? And this helps us become better, not just communicators, but better presenters of God's love. Because when we're willing to humble ourselves, people are willing to say, you know what? That person, is, that person wants to have a relationship with me. They care about me enough to say, hey, I want to fix things. Number five, ask for forgiveness for any unloving words or attitudes. We have to be quick to forgive. Pastor always preaches about that. Be quick to forgive. If you know you've offended someone, just be quick to ask for forgiveness. And be quick to give forgiveness. Right? Be willing to forgive and forget the offenses. Something else that we could use to help us, remind us, to help us tame our tongues is learn how to give words that encourage, that comfort, that inspire, that edify. Because we when we get into that habit of encouraging one another, when we get into that habit of lifting each other up, it's easier to say these words of affirmation, these words of encouragement, right? Because they'll come, it's like a muscle. You remember those words quicker than an offensive word or an offensive phrase or something that you shouldn't have said or the way you have said it. So learn to give words of encouragement. Get into the habit of lifting each other up. You know, in this world, I, I was a new I was a news junkie. I've just stopped. I can't anymore. I can't listen to the vitriol and all the, 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 the craziness in the news, regardless of what spectrum of, poli- of politics or policies you uphold. Let me t- I just can't anymore because of all of the, the, the negativity that people speak to one another. It's crazy. It's like, you know what? The Bible says respect and honor those in authority. It didn't say you have to like them. It says you got to respect them. You know, and the thing is that we, 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 have, we treat our society like, like we have polar, we, we polarized our society through the, through the media and, and we take sides and now we, we, we go with what they say over here and what they say over there and we realize that we have to learn to encourage one another. We have to learn to lift each other up and speak positive. What about the good things in people's lives? Not everybody is bad. There's good in people. Let's look for the good in people and let's lift that up. What would our world be like if we started to encourage people? When you go to work tomorrow and, and that, that boss that is very difficult to work for, what if you say, you know what? I'm glad you're here today. You'll blow their socks off. Right? Or that coworker, or that situation where you're having difficulties dealing with people. What if you went into them? Hey, how can I pray for you today? I was thinking about you today. How can I help you today? It would, blow, it would blow this world apart. It would just drive people crazy. But then they would start seeing Christ in us. They would start seeing more of Jesus in our words and in our actions. If you want to change, I'm going to pause here for a second. If you want to change your circumstances at work or in life and your relationships, change your words. Change your words. Like a rudder directs a ship, so does our tongue direct our lives. Speak life to yourself. Speak life to others. Regardless of how difficult or how uh, 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 toxic your work environment is or your circumstances are, speak life to it. Because it's easy to speak negativity, but man, when we speak life, it shakes the throne of heaven and it causes God to be uplifted. Amen. Colossians 4 says this, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, That you may know how you ought to answer one another. I love this verse. Every time I read this verse, it reminds me of my mother. Because my mother had a way. She's with the Lord now, but she had a way of just talking to people and making people feel loved. She just did. And one of the things I'm going to bring you something that reminds me of my mom. If if, how many know what this is? Y'all know what this is? Any Spanish people up in here? Anybody know how to cook up in here? If you've been around a Spanish house, if you've eaten at a Spanish house, this right here, this right here, you could not call yourself Spanish if you don't have this Spanish card right here. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This, this is Sazon. right? They say it's uh, Goya. Right? If it's Goya, it's got to be good. And so when I think of my mom, I think of how she seasons her food and how, how the house smells. And, and it's because of the seasoning that the aroma that it brings to the meal, it doesn't matter where you are in the house, everyone is, is just hovers in the kitchen. When my wife cooks, and she, yes, We buy this by the crate, praise the Lord. When she cooks, especially for Thanksgiving, it's like nobody leaves the kitchen. And I cook now too, and I don't like anybody in the kitchen. I'm one of those like lone cookers, like stay out of my kitchen. She has a group therapy in her kitchen. There's just people everywhere. But you can't get them out of the, why? Because of the seasoning, the the smell, the aroma of the food. It just lifts, and everyone's happy, and everyone's joy. I don't know if you've ever been around someone cooking uh, during Thanksgiving and everyone's in the kitchen waiting for that turkey to be ready. The aroma, everyone's excited. Everyone's happy. Everyone's anticipating, right? Eating a delicious meal. That's what our words do. Our words seasons our lives. That people want to be around us. That people want to be near us because our words bring seasoning to others' lives. They bring flavor. They bring joy. So let our words bring seasoning to our circumstances. Let it sprinkle some joy in our situations. Let me share this with you. We can either reap rewards or we can reap ruin with our words. I'm going to add this next thing. I said five or six, but I'm going to throw a free one. There's no charge for this. It says, one of the things that we can use to uh, help tame our tongue is listen more and speak less. Pastor mentioned this before, speak rather listen more and speak less. Because when we listen, we should be listening to understand. We should be listening to understand the other person not just to hear. James 1:19 says this. Therefore, my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear and slow to anger. Amen. So let's always be willing to listen to that other person. Family member of mine, which not be, will remain nameless, would say, Listen to me, listen. You're always assuming everything I'm gonna say. Let me finish what I gotta say first. Because remember, no fluff, just, just tell me what I gotta go and go, right? But then here's what happens when you stop to listen to understand you develop compassion, you develop empathy. You develop uh, love when you listen to the other person. Try to understand what they're going through and what they want to communicate. This is, I'm going to help some of the married couples here. I'm telling you, this is amazing. When you are willing to listen to each other in your marriage, just listen to why they feel that way. Not just the words that come out of their mouths, but why they're feeling that way. You'll understand how to minister to their needs. And your marriage will grow better than that. Better each and every day because you're willing to listen and understand. Let me give you some tongue tamers. We're going to go through a bunch of verses, but I want you to, to uh, just let the Holy Spirit just highlight for you the verses that he wants to encourage you with. It says, here are a few verses that will help us build spiritual or scriptural guard. Uh, to check our words before, listen to that, very important, before we say them, okay? Proverbs 13, verse 3 says, He that guardeth his mouth preserves his soul, but he who opens his lips shall have destruction. In other words, zip it if you got nothing good to say, right? There's an expression that says, If you have nothing good to say, say nothing, right? And so here's the why guard what we say. Proverbs 29, 20, do you see a man hasty in words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Now, we don't, my mom always says, don't be no fool. Don't be a fool. And when I read this in Proverbs and when you go into, we had a study a a few months back, about a year or so back on the book of Proverbs. I'm going to tell you, delve into the book of Proverbs. It's going to help you how to live your, help you live your life in an amazing way, in a productive way in a prosperous way in a joyful way Proverbs 18:13 says he who answers a matter before he hears it is it is foolishness and shame to him We're always willing, there are people that are always willing to jump to answer, 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 without first understanding and retaining and seeing what the matter is. Matthew, uh, well, I'm going to skip Matthew 12. We already went through that. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary edification that you may impart grace to the hearers. Don't let any corrupt words come out of your mouth. Just don't. Even when the thought comes in, nope, not going to say it. Filter what we say. Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-three: Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. This is the truth. If you ever guard what you say, there will be less trouble in your life. Amen. Proverbs 15, verse 1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Verse 4 says this, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Our words bring life. You know, our words can change situations and circumstances, but they also can encourage and inspire others, give life to others. Proverbs 17, 28 says, Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace, when he shuts his lips. He is considered uh, perceptive. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 says, For he who would love life and see good days. Does anybody here want to see good days? If you want to see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. These are things that we should use to filter the things we're about to say. James 1.26 says, If anyone among you thinks that he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but uh, deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. I said this before, like a rudder gives direction to a ship, so our tongue gives direction to our lives. Instead of proclaiming our problems, instead of proclaiming our our our, our negative situation, let's profess, let's declare openly God's promise. Bear with me for a second here. Instead of proclaiming our problems, let's profess God's promises. Okay? Let's speak the word of God daily in our lives to direct us towards God's plan and promise. And so let let me share this with you. Instead of confessing, instead of confessing, I can't declare Philippians 4.13. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Instead of confessing fear, let's declare 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 that says for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See the words that we speak control our direction. So instead of speaking woe is me or life is bad, speak life into yourself. Prophesy over you. Look at yourself in the mirror and speak these words. Instead of uh, confessing unmet needs or poverty, declare Philippians 4:19. And my God shall, will, supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now he might, now he, he possibly can, he will supply all of your needs. Instead of confessing uh, doubt and lack of faith, declare Romans 12, 3 that says, as God has dealt each one of us a measure of faith. Now even faith the size of a mustard seed can do what? Move mountains. Instead of confessing weakness, let's declare Nehemiah 8, 10 that says, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. Is it helping anybody? Is this helping anybody? Because sometimes the words that we speak bring us down. Remember I said words have weight. They can weigh you down. But also words can lift you up. It all depends on what words we're using. So then it says, uh, six, the po- instead of confessing um, the power of Satan over our lives, declare 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because... He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. I want to say that again. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. You need to speak this into your life. There are people who says, oh, the enemy has me bound. The enemy has me uh, uh, frustrated. No, he does not. He has no authority. He has no, no hold on you. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, you have the word of God. We need to speak. Use this tongue to declare God's word. Instead of confessing defeat, declare 2 Corinthians 2.14 that says, Now thanks be to God who always, I love the word always, always leads us in triumph. You can stop right there. He always leads us in triumph. That's it. I'm a winner. I'm going to win. You're going to win. We're all going to win. Doesn't matter how this day went. I'm going to get Pentecostal in a minute. Yeah, It doesn't matter how this day went. Okay, doesn't matter how your week is going to go. Doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in. The Bible says that he will always lead us in triumph. My Lord. Instead of confessing that we're sick, declare uh, Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our inequity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are what? Healed. Doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter what they say, doesn't matter what the report is, declare your healing. Instead of confessing worries and frustrations, declare 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your care on upon him, for he cares for you. Or better yet, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about a thing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Instead of confessing bondage, let's declare 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. Instead of confessing condemnation, declare Romans 8, 1. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And instead of saying and confessing, I lack wisdom, I don't know, Declare 1st James, oh excuse me, declare James chapter 1 verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally without reproach and it will be given to him. Because wisdom is, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, Psalm 111. When James in chapter 3 verse 13 talked about this this, this wisdom, he said, who's wise and understanding among you? He was talking to people that had knowledge and understanding. But knowledge is just facts and, and, and information. That's not knowledge is. Wisdom, though, wisdom, that's applying knowledge with good sense and judgment. That's what wisdom is. In the, and in James chapter 3, verse 13, the particular characteristics that we see about wisdom is meekness. That wisdom doesn't have to be abrasive. It doesn't have to have this this, this directness or this arrogance. Because when we know the Lord, knowing the Lord brings wisdom. And there are all kinds of wisdoms. The first wisdom is from above, it's from heaven. The Bible says in, in, in Proverbs 2, 6, it says, For the Lord grants wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. But there's another wisdom, it's called earthly wisdom. James talks to us about this as earthly wisdom views life from a limited viewpoint rather than a heavenly vantage point. See the wisdom of this world, if, we, if we, you and I try to live according to this world, we're never going to realize God's blessing and truth. So when you hear people speak into your life and it's not their wisdom that we want, you want God's wisdom. You want what God says. Not what people say, not what earthly people are saying, or earthly wisdom. You need to allow the the heavenly wisdom to speak into your life. But then there's a third one. There's this this wisdom that is sensual or carnal. This is the the unregenerated man, the unspiritual uh, person, the unsanctified heart that speaks from the flesh, that speaks from their own pride, from their own arrogance, from their own envy and jealousy. There's all different kinds of wisdoms. And then the last one is the demonic wisdom. We see that happening all the time. If you read or listen to the news or social media, you see how, how crazy the world is, how they're taking something that is so wrong and so defiled and saying that it's good and that it's pure. When common sense says, no, that's wrong, the wisdom of this world, or this demonic wisdom, says, no, it's okay. But how do we know how to live our lives? By God's Word. We have to speak God's Word. We have to allow the Word of God to flow through our mouths, through our tongues. But to have that, we have to have it in our hearts. And now that we know God's Word, now that we have knowledge, we now have to have wisdom. And that's applying God's Word. And that's what James is really writing in the last few verses of chapter 3, from verse 13 to 18. He says, The wisdom that's from this world is bitter and envy, strife, confusing. It's evil. The wisdom of this world. But he said the wisdom that's from God is pure and peaceable and gentle. It's willing to yield, full of mercy and of good fruit, without partiality, without hypocrisy. That's the wisdom of God. And there are benefits to having God's wisdom. God's design, God's plan. We took this intermission to talk about taming the tongue and really start speaking life to ourselves. Start speaking life to others. Because before we get to chapter 4 next week, I want us to own the words that we speak. And those are the words that God speaks. I want us to own His words in our lives. To deposit His words in our hearts, so that when we have to speak to a situation, we don't speak out of our uh, um, our arrogance, our pride, our jealousy, or our vanity, but that we speak out of love, that we speak out of faith, that we speak out of knowing who He is, and not what we are. I'll say that again: knowing who He is, not what we are, because Isaiah said we're rags. Of uncleanness but but God Romans 5 8 but God who showed his love while we were still sinners gave his life for us so let me drop this wisdom on us here tonight the words that we focused on words that we speak to other people and how it affects other people but I, I want to end with this what words are you speaking to yourself What words are you telling yourself? What lies are the enemy telling you to say to yourself? It stops tonight. Because sometimes the words that we say not only hurts ourselves and others, the words that we speak sometimes hurts God. Because his word says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And if you say that you're garbage and that you're trash or that you're not worth it or that that no one cares for you, You're going against the word of God. God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. In so much, the Bible says that God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So tonight as we close, let's flip the script. Let's rewrite this story. Let's rewrite our words and invite the Holy Spirit into our lives to speak truth, to speak love, to speak joy. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.